Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. episode of the witching hour Haley. it's just me and you today yay i mean i love our guests but i love to talk to you you took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> I, like i like every single time we have a guest and we've had some really delightful guests i was about to say lately but have we ever had a not delightful guest <laughs> not that i can think of we're obviously not going to name names yeah well but... that's what that face was kind of about like i certainly wouldn't say it but i know i so. I truly can't, like, I honestly cannot think of anyone. I don't think I can either. I have a very short memory, but I feel like if someone was bad, that would stand out in your memory, right? You would think. Yeah. But But no, how cool was Issa? She was amazing. She's the coolest. Um, so bad. when uh when i was talking to mullen ackerman for ladies night now i can't even remember like how this came up she must have been talking about like just wanting to work with good directors or something and and i was just like listen i got a project you should seek out i don't know anything about the roles in this film but you should talk to isa lopez to get into her werewolf western like i don't know what sense that made except for the fact that i like mullen ackerman and i like isa lopez and i want them to work together but so be it i dig it and Malin Ackerman is one of those I think it's with you that I've been discussing like these actresses who just can't quite get the roles they deserve a lot of the time yeah because we're talking about Imogen Poots and stuff and yeah she also has to play the girlfriend a lot I really do think that that she deserves I think she deserves more but it also like I don't know it also does seem like she's getting more of the stuff that she like truly wants right now I feel like she's like aged into better roles by embracing comedy like yeah. if we had stuck to straight up i don't know whatever ingenue stuff she just would have aged out of a career not that she's old but we know how the industry is yeah well did you uh, did you watch that clip of her talking about watchmen i did yeah i like i don't know 
I just like I applaud her all day for being so open about that, but just being able to hear about how you learn from an experience like that and it'll put you down a path that maybe you didn't even know you needed to go down before. Yeah. She's she's like running down it right now. She's producing stuff and everything. I like her a lot. I just um yesterday I was kind of in and out of sleep, had a little stomach bug and Hulu randomly switched over to that show Dollface. And she's a uh, she's pretty dang funny in that show. She plays basically Gwyneth Paltrow in like a goop type industry. Uh, very well done. Uh, yeah, I would believe that. I truly think she's funny in pretty much everything I've seen her in. I well, yeah, when she was supposed to be. You're talking. All right, yeah, but you're talking to a big heartbreak kid fan here. Oh, <laughs> sorry. No. I don't care how much I watch that movie. Like, I enjoy it, and I think she is like so silly funny in that i'm so happy for you that movie is one of the like the most nails on chalkboard movies i've ever seen for me i like that one i have another one that would suit that descriptor that i think you know what it is right now but i'm not gonna say it out loud oh no i don't know you'll have to tell me after it might have been when you were sick so there's a chance you missed it but you got a string of slack messages from me as i was watching a certain something recently oh yes I do recall seeing those in a haze. Similar energy to the Heartbreak Kid uh, in terms of plot. You're not and, wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. And it crossed my mind while I was watching it. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's topic for another time. And today we have a very big topic for you, actually. We are going to do our best horror movies of the year so far. <laughs> so. It's a unique year. That it is. Yeah. It's It's unique. And again, to grasp at the positivity straws, it's kind of exciting because I feel like the list is populated with more streaming options than it usually is. Mm-hmm. And there's more awareness for those streaming options. That's, That's a very positive outlook. I'm just try, yeah. I'm trying. Uh, so, it's I, a shorter list than usual, I suppose, is what I mean by it's a year. Uh, year. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> we went through opposite routes there, didn't yeah. we? Um, I have a top five. So do you mm-hmm. want me to go five to one? And then I you have a top three. Not exactly. I just, I have a longer list. You know, I'm not a okay. ranger. Um, I just, we'll talk through your top five. And then if I have a feeling there'll be a lot of shared ones. And <laughs> then at Probably. the end, maybe I'll just shout out some of the ones that, that uh, didn't come up. Well, I'll just tell you my number one right now. It's Dangerous Lies. <laughs> and why wouldn't it be just kidding did you watch it i did it's fun it's ridiculous doesn't doesn't entirely make sense no it's an absurd <laughs> film and <laughs> cam jig and day with the flower is like top comedy moment of the year maybe there's oh, so who's on such a level in that scene of menacing realtor yeah there's a lot of beats in that that i was scratching my head but now for the positive stuff out there. My number five on my list right now, this one threw me a little because I didn't see it for the first time this year, but I've been keeping it in my back pocket ever since Sundance last year, and it's The Lodge. Oh, right. Of course. I'm obsessed with this movie. Oh. It is it is such a mean, nasty movie, but it had me on the edge of my seat the entire time, the first time I was watching it, and it's one of those movies where I'm not going to spoil it here, But when you know what the answer is and then you apply that answer to everything that happens throughout the entire film, 
you start to view characters in a in a different light, or at least with more information backing some of their decisions. And I think it just makes it a very highly rewatchable film. I also think it's exceptionally well shot. I love the location. I love the production design. And holy shit, Riley Keough. She's yeah. so good. She is so good. I'm I'm less uh, enthused about the movie overall, but she is phenomenal. And the um, the cinematography is excellent. And I agree on that. Uh, the very specific shout out to the locations and sets. Uh, I'm fascinated um, by that house. And I love what they do with the dollhouse yeah. too. Yeah. I, I like all the technical elements. It's just the story stuff that didn't quite work for me because I don't, well, I guess if I say what I'm going to say, it would spoil it a little bit, but this, I, I don't trust a certain type of person. And so the reveal was, and that makes me sound racist or something. I don't know. We'll talk about it in spoilers maybe at the end so I can clarify <laughs> I think you've brought that up before. So anyone who is a frequent okay. witching hour viewer can connect the dots. Like, I'm almost sure you brought yeah. up that exact point when we had Severin and Veronica in. I think you're right. Yeah. You're right. I know. Anyway, I, I read that immediately as you said it. Yeah, I didn't. I was not taken for a ride because I was like, oh, so that's what's happening. Because I would never. Mm-mm. Uh, and then once you, once I did have that figured out, it kind of became funny to imagine how all the things were really happening instead of the experience you're supposed to be taking with the characters. I've thought about that a lot, but they make it so some of the characters seem so smart and capable that I kind of believed that they could do it, even though if it's like... Like, all I can think about is TikTok lately. It's terrible. Like, I was going to make a TikTok example. It's like when you watch a TikTok video and they do a stupid tutorial that looks so freaking easy and then you try to do it yourself and you're like, I can't do that. It's like, that might be how my brain is processing the things they set up. (laughs) I don't know. I I believe they could do it. Um, It's just the the alternate version of the film where you watch it all happening behind the scenes that makes me chuckle and not afraid. That said, the ending has really stuck with me. So I think they get a, did a good job of what they, you know, when they were on the show, what they spoke about what they wanted to do, like the feeling that you've got a chicken bone stuck in your throat and you don't know what's going to happen next, but probably death. Um, that effective. It's yeah. a little, it's a little meaner than I like, which is funny because I'm not a big fan of, uh, you know, kids, but <laughs> I don't, I don't need to, I don't know. It's mean. It's a mean movie. And that Isn't it weird that people. I like it so much when it's a yeah. mean movie? It is. It's, it's, it's off brand. It's also weird because so many people out there just love, love, love Goodnight Mommy. And that didn't work nearly as well for me. Yeah. That one didn't work so much for me either. Another one where I loved the location I loved the performances um, and thought was very well shot, but just also same thing of like immediately knowing what was happening. Hmm. I knew what was happening pretty quickly. Yeah. In that that first opening sequence, actually. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, Haley. It's a different journey when that happens. No, it it totally is. Um, What is the first one you want to bring up on your list? What is the first one I want to bring up on my list? Um, Let's do... Let's do Color Out of Space. Okay. Let's go with some Lovecraft. Uh, Because... That movie I have now seen three times and each time I'm like, yeah, he just went for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is the nerdiest 
Lovecraft movie that could be made. It's uh, it's not. I'm surprised it did so well because on the surface it doesn't seem marketable at all. It's like a a grim, just relentlessly grim, uh, but also goofy. Yeah, that's definitely the Nick Cage factor, and really, really physically disturbing Lovecraft adaptation. That like, there's no, there's no obvious hook if you're not a big fan of any of those things. So I love how relentlessly Richard Stanley just committed to that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. It wasn't in my top five, but it's definitely up there. And you know, I was really surprised when I when I wound up liking that one as much as I did. I mean, that that is another one where it's just the visual design really got me, but also the performances, like that whole family unit. And oh, in particular, I want to talk about spoilers, but we're not going to. But in particular, the the makeup effects. Like that's that's the thing from that movie more so than anything that I I can't get out of my head and at this point you you would think that we have seen it all but I've never quite seen that and I found it extremely unsettling to the point that I was thinking about it long after the movie wrapped up. It's super effective and I think that anyone who has seen it immediately knows what you're talking about. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it's because it's the the most disturbing scene in the film and. um rooted so much in real life horror of as as all horror tends to oh, be yeah. of like mortality and loss but he made it so personal and specific and then turned that into uh, a marvelously unique grotesquery oh just the like the the other thing he's addressing with that like that's what makes me shake more than anything like yeah. beyond just the visual you know yeah I, mean? <laughs> I i do so you're he's Stan, Richard Stanley has not been shy about saying that um, he's sort of in many ways approaching like chronic illness and losing a loved one to to well specifically cancer in his case but um, that translates through in the film in multiple parts but mm-hmm. especially in that scene. yes 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 um, but yeah I love I love the way he captured color which is a very annoying character to have to work with like your villain is a color out of space. That's also your title. And there's not really a plot in the original story. Uh, and I, I think he really filled out the characters. And mm-hmm. I'm just such a big fan. And it's another one of those ones, not to the extent that Mandy did it, but that properly harnessed that wild Nick Cage energy. That's no, that's very true. That no. I, I like seeing I like seeing what he did in the movie as far as balancing the Nick Cage energy too because there there is like that quality that you know like he's the patriarch of the family he'll take care of them he'll fix everything and then no no he won't <laughs> no oh, uh, I that, love that, that uh, poor family I do love the alpacas too uh, I'll like alpaca. never look at an alpaca the same way ever again. <laughs> Not that I've ever looked at an alpaca before, but I don't know. Like, where do you see them? Have I seen one before? I want to know. Like if not, I, I know where you can meet an alpaca. There's a. Do you really? Yeah, there's um. I don't remember what it's called right now. I'll look it up. But there's like this little farm situation where you can go hang out with all the farm animals, and it's a really great time. I've been there a few times. I love it so much. It's it's towards like Agua Dulce, if you have any idea where that is. Probably not. You're sure. speaking another language to me right now. I'm from California. Um, I was like, put it in the GPS. 
but um the only the like the trade-off is they always give you like a mini um sermon so to speak about like why you shouldn't eat animals and then you go meet all the animals and you're like, fuck, I should not eat animals. Yeah. These are lovely creatures. Um, so that's like the slight guilt process that comes with it, but it's really cool. And you get to like really get some face to face time with like cows and alpacas and chickens, which are so much softer than you could ever imagine. Well, I feel like we should put this on the list when I get back and it's okay. Yeah. When we Aww. have the outdoor world again. I like this kind of, uh, this this uh, field trip we could take. And also, this conversation is probably, it, it's actually disturbing me right now. It is the perfect transition to my next movie. Oh, no. Do you know what it oh, is? One second. It's The Gentle Barn is what that's called. The Gentle Barn. Period. You can't go now, but when the world returns. <laughs> I feel recommend. like The Gentle Barn could be something in like so many different fields. Where it's like super cute and then it's not. I don't know. Just like well, in this case, it's very cute. And they really do right. food. Sorry, my my brain is like in the freaking dirt right now. But Uh-oh. the movie that I was referencing before is Sea Fever. A movie that's that's all all about you know understanding our environment and the creatures in it, rather than you know just seeing everything out there that that uh, doesn't operate as you do as a threat. This is just another one where, again, I have to reference the production design here and what they were able to accomplish on that ship. And also the very, very slow build of what they went through and just how well they put you in the main character's shoes as far as being a detective and piecing the the situation together. I don't know. I feel like that ensemble was the was the perfect vehicle to use in order to explore both the horror of the movie, which, hey, that's part of the reason why we keep coming back to the genre, but also to use them to actually make a point and send a very valuable message. So I applaud Sea Fever all day, especially after I wrote that ending explain piece where I was like, I was picking apart the entire, you had to see you actually, I'm glad you didn't see this because you would judge me. You had to see my notes as I was writing that. Cause like I was watching that bit by bit, like looking at every little thing. And I wound up with so many thousands of words that just got chipped away. I love that. It was a lot. I'm a big note taker. And especially I don't like doing explainers because I I think we're very similar in like we want every single detail to be precise and accurate. And sometimes um, they're not. (laughs) It's a time commitment for sure. But no, that was great. And I think that what you really hit on in that piece is like the film has warmed for me a bit because so much of it is about like the importance of social distancing and listening to science in a life or death situation that involves contagion. Hmm. Um, And that, yeah, that hit different now than it did when I first saw it. I love movies that can grow with you as times go on. And that, that is, that's definitely one of them. I think, I think that is also the reason why, and I know some people roll their eyes at ending explain type things. Cause it's like, why should the movie be explained to me like that? But I don't know. I, I, re- I really do like the detective work that goes along with it because I did one just recently for dead to me season two. And Sometimes I like when I'm writing something like that and I'm writing for just like the plot points in order for everything to make sense. But while I'm doing that, larger themes come to the mm-hmm. forefront that I didn't realize while I was watching it. And that's that's kind of what happened with that show. So I don't know. 
Like I know, I know everyone doesn't want everything spelled out for them like that, but sometimes those ending explainers are, are more thematically driven than beat by beat. Absolutely. I, I write a lot that are more thematically driven and I, I find them for the very same reasons. Uh, I find them really aside from the, the meticulous commitment to not fucking up. I find them enjoyable because they force you to um, look at the movie a different way and really think about like those final frames and final scenes really specifically. Uh, and I think that like, if you don't want something explained to you, or if you don't want to read somebody's take on an ending, I encourage you to do anything else with your time. Just don't some, read people, it. some people really do want to have that conversation. So don't be so pretentious and rude guys. Just let oh. people live their life. Come on, man. I, like I don't know. That. Everyone gets so out of shape about everything. Cause oh. Since I mean, they're like new to talk about the endings of movies, come on. It makes it makes sense. It's just that you know, again, it's changing with the times. It's the fact that we have we have websites. We're constantly attached to the internet, and we have the ability through streaming services to actually freeze frame things and watch them closer than ever before. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's a form of film coverage and film conversation evolving with the ways that we're able to take it all in. Yeah, and I mean, before it became an editorial trend. That was something you did on Reddit and message boards. You go like, whoa, what did that ending mean to you? What did you take from that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I like them. I'm into them. I like to read other people's. I always, I'll never forget, like, when Matt was working on his for Annihilation. Ooh. He called me and was giving him, giving me his take on it. And then I was like, oh, you're so smart. Like, I didn't get that at all. But then I was like, but also... I think you're not right about this. And he was like, oh, man, I didn't even think about that. And I love those conversations. Yeah. I know it's a lot of fun. And, yeah, that movie's ending is really one of the top to discuss, I would say. Yeah, that's for sure. I had a similar experience just with us in general. I love <laughs> yeah. getting people's takes on that one. Uh, what is next on your list here? Let's do Swallow. Uh, it's funny because I have – I told you I just made a top five – but mm -hmm. I still have some ones that came close floating down at the bottom of my Word document right now, and Swallow is on it. Yeah, that um, that one really stuck with me. If anyone hasn't heard of it since it's not, you know, as big of a title, Swallow is about a woman who develops a compulsion to swallow items in increasing size and dangerousness. And that is a very simple setup that just evokes such a primal simple body horror and um is also connected really elegantly with a, a rather moving character arc um mm -hmm. and i just i was very impressed by that movie that's one i had been waiting forever to see it was at fantasia last year it was at fantastic fest i kept missing it and missing it and uh usually when that happens i won't lie there's a sense of well that was overhyped didn't feel that way about this at all. Really yeah. super into it. I, I am in big agreement on this one. I, I really, I loved it. And in particular, I think it's just a standout showcase performance from Haley Bennett, who deserves way more credit and way more opportunities than she gets. But that's another was, one where we were talking about Yes. That. This was actually another movie that I was texting you while I was watching it. And I was home, so it's not that bad. And <laughs> also... I was doing it in a different way than what I just described with the, the other movie that is to not to be named right now. But with this one, I was 
freaking the fuck out. Freaking out. I remember you messaging me, actually. I just, it takes, it takes so much to get me to, like, verbalize my feelings while I'm watching a movie. I'm usually not one to, like, you know, like, laugh out loud hysterically or shout at the screen or anything. But that movie... Every single time. And it, and it's not even, it's not just her performance and it's not, not just the concept of eating things that you're not supposed to. It's also the way that they shoot it that amplifies it tenfold. And there are a couple of moments where I'm just like, like, no, like yelling no, at my iPad and really pissing Dewey off who was sleeping right beside me. But I had to text you when that was going on because I was losing my mind. There is definitely one particular item where you just like you got to stand up and pace you're like yeah fuck you. fuck you for doing that in front of me uh, <laughs> definitely what i was going through it's that's right it's just like a primal visceral thing that it triggers and you're right it is in addition to that absolutely the way that it's shot uh but it does it, it gets like not to be cute because it's a swallow thing but like grabs you by the stomach and jerks you around yes it does all right should i go for my next one yes ma'am so now we're in my top three and my number three is the hunt oh nice yeah i like i liked this a lot the first time i saw it but i think because of all the controversy it was one of those situations where i don't know if i was trusting my initial reaction just because i was so consumed by the uh by the the promotional campaign and the back and forth with that. And, you know, I, I just the whole situation for that one really threw me for a loop. But I like I thought I liked it. And then I saw it again. And I'm like, wow, like this movie is even smarter than I thought it was before. Like, I think it I think it is super entertaining and smart as far as the way they handle the, tr- the points that they're trying to make. I mean, it really is incredible how all those assumptions were made in the fall of last year. And this movie this movie like essentially addresses what happened to it, but without knowing what was going to happen to it. Yeah. And I, I just find that whole thing fascinating. And, you know, this is probably the uh, the point that is made most often, but I'm going to make it again because it's worth saying Betty freaking Gilpin. Oh, come on. Just, all right. That's I, I'm always hesitant to say that the movie couldn't have worked with anybody else in that role. But I think I could make the strongest case for that kind of argument in this situation. I definitely think this is one of those movies. I mean, I'm sure there are many actresses that have this like inner motherfucker waiting to come out and like just wreak havoc on a film like that. But especially when you told me about your interviews and how many of the choices were hers that make the movie um, have that special Mm -hmm. energy. Yeah, that's that's Betty Gilpin's film. Yeah. And uh, this is just another one that has such big reaction moments, too. It's like, yeah. I, I love what they did to play with you. I don't want to spoil anything because it's still fairly new. But, you know, they, they're very good at knowing you're going to make certain assumptions and being like, ha no, we're going to do that instead. And I thought they were they're so effective. And I've watched it quite a few times since. And it's still effective. It's still fun. It's like even beyond the points it's trying to make just as an entertaining pick them off kind of movie. Like the set pieces are just so good and the characters are so colorful and vibrant and charismatic that you can't take your eyes off of anything. And you genuinely enjoy watching it every time. Or at least I do. Nice. I'll have to revisit it. I haven't yet. Um, 
Is it for rent yet? I'm not yes. buying it. I can do that. It is. Um, I am really. All right. Let me say this in a way that doesn't make me sound like the world's worst human. Um, there is the fact that so many people got to see it on VOD. And I think probably more obviously than would have ever watched it in theaters. I'm so happy that Betty Gilpin's performance reached a bigger audience. Mm -hmm. Not happy about how it happened, obviously. But I, I definitely like that, especially with the controversy around it. I just don't think like a lot of people were going to see that in theaters. Um, and she, she just, everybody needs to see that, that whatever. I don't even have the words for it, what she's doing. <laughs> Which is very Betty Gilpin in the movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I like that movie. Not, not quite as much as you, as we, we discussed in our episode about it. But I am, I, I'm pretty certain that's going to be one of the ones that we're talking about today that I will end up rewatching more than others because it is entertaining and surprisingly like light, like it wouldn't ruin my day to watch it. Yeah. Whereas swallow wouldn't ruin my day, but I'm not in a hurry to go through that again. Yeah. I mean, that's probably worth pointing out. It's like whenever I make my top tens, usually like when I can't, when I'm, when I don't have like a very firm understanding of why something is ranked above another, I'll ask myself, like, if you had to watch one of these movies right now, which would it be? Mm. And that usually can be a deciding factor when I need it. Right. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I will. Def that's an easy to watch movie. Yes. Assuming we're not bothered by gore, which obviously does not apply <laughs> in this house. Not whatsoever. All right. <laughs> What's next on your list? What am I going to pick next? Um... Wait, aren't we up to, don't you have like a definitive top three? Oh, but you had more underneath the three, right? Yeah, I didn't, you know, I don't, I don't really like to rank things and have a longer list. So I'm just pulling it random here. Uh, let's go with, because mm, I feel like that's going to be your number one. So not that. Let's do the I Invisible Man. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, I can't believe you guessed my number one. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a toss-up. Well, should I just freaking blurt it out now? Well, if you want or no, to. Should I keep the suspense going? Keep the, keep the suspense. Make them wait. I can't believe you figured it out, though. <laughs> okay. Invisible Man. That was my number two. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. Come yeah. on. It's like a incredibly executed film. Uh, reinvention of, as I discussed in a previous episode, a reinvention of a character that I hadn't realized until rewatching the original movie was already quite terrifying. I always thought it was kind of goofy. Not so very scary. Uh, and, and even scarier now, just the, the, it's the camera work though, right? Like that's what makes this movie so dang effective and really one of the most, I would say physical horror movie experiences I've had in a long time in terms of like your body kind of being yanked around with the camera and, your jaw literally dropping in some moments gasp. I, I literally gasped. Uh, those are hard things to provoke physically. In it someone. So it's, it's very impressive. And Lee Winnell just knocked it out of the dang park. I don't agree with everything about the ending thematically, just personally, but otherwise I, I really love that movie. Yeah. I'll rip my words right out from the review that I had done for this one. I think we, we reviewed that together. Um, I think the first two thirds of this movie are like masterpiece level. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think he stuck the landing as well, but I still think it works well enough. But I would say 
three things. It's the camera work. It's Elizabeth Moss's performance. And, and it is his script with how he takes what the invisible man is and weaves it into like some serious hard truths about our reality and how people behave. I'm trying not to spoil anything here, but I do think that there is one very important decision that he made with, with the invisible man in particular that completely changed the game. He could have, he could have taken that character and gone one route. And I think that probably would have been a major dead end, but instead he does something else with it and it just grounds everything. Are you referring to like the nature of the invisible man? himself? Yeah. Um, I think that was a genius move. Yeah, I agree. And I, I do think overall the script is really strong. I have some issues with the way that it's just like comfortable using her pregnancy as basically a, a, I don't know, like a really vapid story point without exploring, exploring at all what that means in the context of an abusive relationship and, she doesn't really have time to process that mm-hmm. in any meaningful way. So I don't, I don't care for that. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have used that as my device to make him even more evil. Cause it's a pretty gross thing to tap into that element of sexual assault and abuse and then just not address it really. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I think it's a really good script with, um, yeah, similar to what you were saying about the update of the nature of the invisible man, like the update of what makes him scary as a human monster as well, which is to say a fucking terrifying abuser is very effective. Yep. I, I'm just so impressed by this movie and I'm impressed by Lee one L I'm just, I can't believe how big of a turnaround he did for me as a director. And I really do think that it is, tied to him just taking something he's got, you know, a really crea- creative spin on. And he went Australian for a second. Did I? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> maybe maybe it's because I was watching the, the Too Hot to Handle uh, reunion oh, show no. and everyone has a different accent on that show. And, I'm and we are, we're discussing a, a, a cherished Aussie, Mr. Lee Winnell. And, and that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just like I was so so disappointed and sour on him as a director after Insidious Three, and it's just like it's not fair maybe to judge someone that harshly on their first feature when it's part of a, fr- a pre-established franchise. But I don't know. I like I never would have guessed he would have been capable of this in Upgrade, having walked right out of that screening. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that last part a lot. I wasn't as uh, like angry or 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 ups- i don't know why can't i do words i didn't sleep all right i'm so sorry um uh i i was not as like about that movie but i definitely didn't walk of, out of that going like man this guy's gonna make two sci-fi essentials of the next decade in the next three years isn't that crazy yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm like a little obsessed with insidious one in particular but i did really like insidious two and like you know how it is when you grow attached to a franchise it's like sinister two broke my heart also oh (laughs) maybe that's an extreme response but you know when you love certain movies as much as you do then that could happen when a sequel comes and it ruins it that one was more along the the lines of the reaction i think you had to (laughs) insidious three sinister Uh, two is just like bad 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 it's it's a grim situation and sinister was 
was one of those few movies like the home home footage in that film oh it's really messes me up yeah it's hard. Uh, it really is hard to watch. Yeah. So that was, that's just like such a big cliff to fall off of in terms of quality and especially impact on the audience. You know about my sinister poster, right? I feel like I do, but, but refresh me. So when the movie came out, like uh, everyone was doing this at the time, they were always uh, doing Twitter, uh, Twitter trivia and the prizes were signed posters and I won a signed poster from Scott Derrickson and Jason Blum. And when it came in the mail, you know, I don't really think about this kind of stuff, but when it came in the mail and I got it framed and I was about to like put the nail on the wall to hang it up, I realized that Bagul was on it. And because Bagul uses the imagery kind of as a portal, like there was a hot second where I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I hung it up. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm glad everything's still okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> as far as I know. Well, I mean, okay. Yeah. The, the world is in shambles, but I don't think that's on Bagul. No, I don't think so either. Or your Sinister 2 poster. That's, yeah, th- thank you for Sinister 1. <laughs> oh, so I'm not hanging, yeah, right, I I'm hanging a Sinister 2 poster in my apartment. <laughs> I'm not risking Bagul coming into the apartment for that movie. Sinister 2 also sent out as a press mailer, like a stuffed dead rat. I, I do remember that. Um, I wasn't around to pick it up. So my family member received the, the package and they like did a presentation and opened it. And she fully was like, I don't understand your job. What is this? I should look up if I could find those pictures because I was living in Manhattan at the, at the time. And it wasn't even just that they sent you a like a stuffed rat. Like they came to my door and it was like two grown adults trying to be dressed as the twins. Yeah, and I just, like holding a box. She was felt freaked out. <laughs> it was Imagine not- getting that with no context. <laughs> it's it was bizarre. I think I think I was still living in Manhattan, but one of my press mailers once came to my parents' house, and my mom got like really freaked out because it came with no context, and it was when the following was out, and you know, like the little tree thingy. Like she opened a box and it was like this weird Blair Witch, Blair Witch looking tree thing. And like she called me in a legit panic. She's like, someone's sending us weird, dangerous things. What do I do with it? I I have to say, I've probably said this before, but the mailers you get as a horror person in press are really fucked up and weird and not often the most fun. And I could see a lot of them just scaring the pants off of someone who doesn't work in genre. Like you open a box and it's just a fucking (laughs) noose. That's like death threat in any other scenario, right? How about a how about a cookie cake with worms on it? <laughs> well, at least That's it's a cake. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I um, enjoyed my cake finger for raw very much. Oh, I I remember that. That was, was a delicious. really well designed cake too. Yeah, and it was really yummy. That was yeah. No, it was. Yeah. So it's if you're sending creepy <laughs> stuff, make it edible. Yeah, make it tasty, and we're good. Yeah. Uh, so. I, like, is this, like, the movie now? Or do you have more yeah. movies you want to sneak in before the movie, I guess? Well, I have some more movies, but I'll shout them out at the end. Because okay. um, I just don't feel like we'll have as much to say as a unit. Understandable. Yeah. So I guess we're we're converging on the platform now. Yes. I sat here for a very, very long time today, switching Invisible Man and Platform back and forth. But then the second I 
solidified the platform as my number one, then this wave of like, duh, hit me. That I think that movie is just so expertly crafted. I know that there are certain question marks at the end that frustrate me, but those are the kinds of question marks I like having because I like thinking like it's it's not just like a dead end think it's a full think. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But really, every single thing in that movie. Oh, hey, let's talk about production design again because holy shit, this thing is incredible. And just the the whole concept in general. Because I'm I'm like a firm believer that sometimes you need you need a movie and an out of out of this world concept in order to better process our own grounded reality. And this is a kind of movie that just like like it builds this thing and it boxes you into it and it, and it forces you to assess everything around it and. Like, it makes so many things make more sense, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? It does. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I feel like we've talked about this movie so much oh, that I, I don't have, like, anything relevatory to say about it. But I agree with all those things. I think it's a really powerful metaphor. But it's not just a metaphor. It's also a really engaging story. I agree with what um, Issa said last week, which is, like, it answers all the questions it needs to, to Mm -hmm. work. Um, I, you know, there's the, there's the world where they make a sequel and the sequel goes outside of the tower and, or whatever it's called. And I don't want to see that really, unless it, I mean, maybe it would own, who knows, but I think it's perfectly constructed as this tight self-contained piece. If we ever got a sequel, I think I would just want it, to be somebody else's experience. Yeah. And just show, like, show me how someone else tries to defy that system. Having not. Mm, you might. No, I think you tweeted about, were you able to tweet your general thoughts on uh, a quiet place too, before it got pushed? Yes, I did. Okay. So my tie in there is that like we very much said the same thing about a quiet place. And mm-hmm. Very guilty of that. Sequel. I have not seen the sequel, but I do like I always there's a part of me that's like, uh, you know, in my head, I don't want that, but I don't know what I want. I'm as dumb as anyone else. I need the creators to tell me. It's a very fair point because like if if I went down that same thought process with this movie, they'd wind up following the same characters in a platform sequel and I'd wind up loving it. So (laughs) what do I know? (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it just, it does seem to be sort of a universal favorite this year, the platform. Everyone you talk to is kind of real hype about the platform. I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Every time I think about it, I get more out of it. Yeah. I would, when we, before we started, cause I had uh, looked at a, list that I typed in improperly. I told Perry that my list was like the invisible man and then everything else. Um, but that's not quite accurate. The platform is definitely up there. And then like sort of in that region, it would be color out of space. Hmm. If, if you want to, if you want to push me to rank something, which literally no one did. <laughs> good for you though there's like a it's it's a celebratory thing to be able to put that like really good label on a movie you love i don't know it is it is but i i do find ranking any kind of art inherently kind of goofy just as like a thought exercise but also because my opinion changes like every three eighths of a second 
I understand that. I don't know. It's like, I think we've had this conversation before, but I understand that side of it, but it's also, I don't know. I kind of like just use it as a, like put a pin in how I feel now. And I like being able to go back and reassess that feeling later on. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, It's like a snapshot. And I like making snapshots. It's like an opinion selfie. Yeah. That's <laughs> a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. Right. What were some of those other movies you wanted to talk about? Yeah. So first of all, I finally caught up with um, Gretel and Hansel and the Grudge and didn't hate either of them. Oh, really? I didn't love them. Okay. But I, I, I thought they were visually impressive and um, pretty... I don't know, a little spooky vibes, and I, I enjoyed them. I didn't, I didn't think they necessarily deserved the blowback that they got. Okay, uh, and which, I which did you like better, Gretel and Hansel? Okay, I had a, fe- I had a feeling that was going to be the answer, but I just wanted to make sure that I prioritized them properly. Yeah, and they're not perfect, and they are pretty slow. Mm-hmm. I don't mind slow, and I always like Oz Perkins films. This yeah. is like a slightly gentler version that's not as nightmare spooky. He's what I love about his movies is they feel like they were pulled out of my own nightmares. Um, this one doesn't have that feeling quite so, but it's still really um, artfully shot and well acted and spooky. They're both spooky. They're not like scary. Okay. I keep meaning to rewatch uh, Black Coat's Daughter too. Oh. I still, I still haven't gotten around to that because you know I saw it like way back when when it was February at right. Tiff. And I, I just know people loved it and I didn't really get it the first time I saw it. Like I didn't really get what was clicking with so many people, but you know, when it finally came out and it was so beloved, now I need to reprioritize that. For me, that's definitely one that thrives by the nature of its ending, which is so aggressively bleak and cruel and hopeless and just devastating. Like her realization at the end of what this was all for and that she I'm gently spoiling a movie that's quite old that she basically is still all alone and even more so than before um wow bleak bleak stuff clearly I need to prepare myself before that rewatch I don't I don't remember it really like hitting me quite like that but maybe I'll have to write you up a quick my ending explained uh my take on it because what does make it work so well for me is the sort of the final scene and the the realization of like just she's just yeah alone all right all right i'm gonna i'm gonna give that one another go so we have hansel and gretel gretel and hansel gretel and whatever um uh the grudge yeah with a a lesser emphasis on the grudge but still like if you just didn't see it because everyone said it was bad i would say check it out because i definitely didn't have the this is terrible response can i guess another one on your list was that it was that the extent of the list oh no i saw your your videos like paused for a second so i didn't hear you That's like another thing that people keep doing now, like in Zooms. It's like my little cousins when we do a family Zoom, all of a sudden they just like, yeah, and they like <laughs> fucked with us like we were all like they were frozen. I, just, I can't, I can't. Oh, they're um, doing it on purpose. They were doing it on purpose. <laughs> like my my whole family is just like freaking out, like oh my god, that household froze. What's going on? How do we bring <laughs> them back? And they're they're like barely containing their giggles. 
What a bunch of goobers. Oh, no, that's, not, that's not all I had. I would also throw in... Um, underwater. Underwater, of course. Yes. I very much enjoyed that. I very much enjoyed the ending. Another film that majorly thrives by its ending for me. But uh, I also enjoyed the whole process more than you did, mm-hmm. as we discussed in our recent episodes, so I won't yeah. waste all time with that. Um, except to say, yeah, kind of a fuck yeah for me. Uh, with with some, as you can see in our spoiler episode, with some concessions that a lot of the script just isn't very good. Yeah. And also, fuck yeah. <laughs> and I understand the fuck yeah, but I was, yeah. I was a little colder on that one. Fair enough. Surprisingly. What else you got? Uh, After Midnight, which is... I never saw it. Yeah. Ugh. It's good. It's, okay. it's, uh, it's from the directors of the battery, or the director of the battery is yeah. the director here, and um, it's similar to the battery, like takes a very slow cinematic approach to um, a more conventional genre story. In this case, a monster, and the emotional element is like a broken romance. All of that works pretty well, but it's it's the final third of the movie, and in particular, one really good unexpected jump scare that I was like, no, mm-hmm. I fuck with this movie. I see I can I can rent it on Amazon, which I might do. Yeah, it's solid. Uh, you know what I just watched recently on Shudder? I watched mm-hmm. Blood Quantum. Oh, what did you think? I haven't gotten to that I, yet. I liked it quite a bit. I didn't I didn't love it. There are certain character details mm-hmm. that I think are a little too thin to support the path that some of them go down, but I loved the whole concept and I thought they took the pillars of a zombie outbreak movie and they added to them in some really interesting ways that made me wish that it was longer than 90 minutes, but they, they add certain things uh, like, I can't remember what's in the official synopsis. So I'm afraid to spoil anything, but there's one plot point in particular that within a zombie movie is able to explore other very real themes and ideas and prejudices that I I thought was just very smart. And I'm shocked that more zombie movies didn't do that. Interesting. Yeah. But I I like the, the gore in that movie. (laughs) Real deal. Ready yourself for that. But I I liked it quite a bit. I'm excited to check it out. I just, um, I think I've mentioned on this podcast, like I'm, having trouble watching movies and TV right now, keeping attention. Um, so I start a lot of things and then never, I like, I just, I've never been this person before. I just get up and leave the room without pausing it. I've never done that before. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. So sorry to the 75 things I've done <laughs> that to so far. The only thing that I've started and stopped is normal people because I met at Hulu. Uh, so we're like, I think I'm on, like, we're watching on my parents' account right now because that was one of the shows that we would like all watch together. But I eventually got all pissy about it and stopped watching it. They have the account where you still have the ads. Yeah. And I swear those ads, like, there's a glitch in the system where those ads are popping up at the wrong time because they're cutting off the show mid scene and then it's not coming back to that scene. That's very so funny. I'm fairly convinced that I'm missing pivotal moments of the show. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Then I won't watch it. Fair enough. I've been, you know, yesterday was the first time when I was doing like my uh, on and off sleeping all day yesterday. 
I put on Hulu because it, it just goes for longer without turning off, whereas Netflix shows you like four or five hours and then shut your fucking TV down. Um, but extremely annoying platform. Not yeah. for that purpose, but the, why? Why would you play the same commercial 14 times oh, in know. a row? It's You're just encouraged I'll never buy that product because now I hate you. Well, that's the thing is everyone's encouraging me like, oh, just like pay for no ads. It's worth it. But no, I am going what I'm going to uh, cut my nose to spite my face on this. Like you, <laughs> totally. you F me over in the lower tier zone. That's not going to encourage me to, to buy a premium account or whatever they call it. That's going to encourage me to give you a big fat middle finger and say fuck off. I, I got very I got very mad. There's one scene in particular, if anyone's watching normal people, I think it was like episode five. It was hands down one of the most heated scenes. And then like, boop, it's just out. That's terrible. And at that point, I got up and I'm like, that's it. I've had it. I'm going to go get a snack. Yeah. I was watching Little Kenny, which is this like very short animated version of Letter Kenny that they did. Oh. And the episodes are like, I don't know, two minutes maybe. So I had that same commercial playing every two minutes. Wait, wait, wait. The content is two minutes long and there's still a commercial? Yeah. 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 I would rethink that structure. (laughs) I've also had so many people recommend Letter Ketting to me lately, so maybe I should give that a go as well. It was 100% Donato who got me on it, and I have zero know. Maybe he start. I think he started this, and it's just like circulating in our our little zone. It's so freaking funny. Oh my god, I quote it all the time now. And really, that was like a legendary bro Sunday. Because remember, that was the day after we all went to get that Korean food. Um, oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, oh, and then cool. did you go back? To Donato's place after the no, no, I didn't. No, okay. that wasn't the hard way a couple weeks before. <laughs> so those of us who did stayed up till like five in the morning, uh, and then slept until like eleven. Yeah, and then there was brunch, and then there was hours of Letter Kenny, and it was truly a legendary lazy Sunday. This all sounds about right. Do you yeah. know who wants to say hello right now? You're my favorite. He woke up. You could probably hear a little like muse in the video because he woke up and he's been talking by the uh, the door over there for a little oh. while. Come here, baby. No, Kawhi go. Oh, time. Do man. He's, he's mad that I don't have. It's easier for him to like see everything when I have the a blanket. That's covered in cat hair on my lap. Oh, little buddy. He has gotten into the habit, which is why I'm a little tired today of taking up the entire bed. Like I keep, I keep waking up in the middle of the night where I am for whatever reason, hanging on for dear life. And then I, I'll like look over my shoulder and he'll be like square in the middle of the bed under the covers with his head on my pillows. And it's like, like I thought it was a one-time funny thing, but now it's happening all the time. Now he's had a taste of the good life. I know. That's how my uh, my cat I had for like 20 years was. She wanted a pillow and to be tucked in. 
<laughs> she also had that good life. Yeah, I think I think that's that's uh, the zone he's in right now. Oh no! <laughs> oh god, that nail just dug into my leg so hard. He's gonna have to get them trimmed, and he's gonna hate me. Um, do you have any other movies you want to add before we wind this down? I think that's really it. I have not yet seen the, um, gosh, why can I not remember anything in my brain? Matani, Tani, P brain. Um, the Alexander Daddario one, We Summon the Darkness. I have not yet Oh, seen. I didn't watch that either. Um, I was really excited about that because I like the, the leading trio in it. But then I, I saw Jeff's review and I'm like, oh, I can wait. <laughs> Uh, Jeff and I do not tend to agree on movies. Okay. So I'm assuming that I will find it delightful. All right. Well, when you get around to it, let me know and I'll watch it too. Yeah. And I would, I would throw out, I don't know. I, it's so, such a tricky genre one to label, but I did like come to daddy very much, which Jeff mm-hmm. hated by the way. Um, okay. and- I meant to watch that one too. Elijah Wood, right? Yeah. I yeah. hesitate to call it straight up horror, but okay. But it is definitely, I mean, there's a lot of gore and it's horror adjacent and uh, it's it's a, a weird little movie, man. I well, guarantee you, I, you do not know where that is going. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the stuff he does usually falls into that category and usually in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely in his like, what we'll call later career for somebody who's in their 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is he in his 30s? Is he in his 40s? And I'm just old. I, I would think late 30s. I don't even want to know the answer for making it upset. <laughs> yeah, he's thirty-nine. Oh, thank you. We're both close. <laughs> anyway, in the in the late career of a thirty-something, he's definitely gone weird and yeah. I'm into it. I do enjoy his weird usually, though. So good for him. Yeah, and you know he's producing the weird yeah. too. He's committed to that lifestyle. It's true, uh, and you love to see it. Um, I think that was. All I ha- oh I haven't seen VFW either. That's my other big. I haven't watched that one either. Things I haven't seen. I'll give it a go eventually. And I liked Vivarium, but I think I liked that one more than you oh, did too. Wow, I really liked Vivarium. Oh, okay, I totally so forgot about that. No, you know what? Vivarium would totally. That's not even an honorable mention. Rewind that and put Wait. it all the way up on the list. It it got like just it was like in the swallow section for me. Okay, so yeah, no, Vivarium technically top ten. That movie got to me, and that unsettled me. All right. I'm glad we, we managed to squeeze that one in in the end. Yeah, good call. Good call. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it. That's it. Do, Dewey's like, like, come on, let's go. Finish <laughs> this episode so you can feed me. It's dinner time. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for watching this. Also, just, like, keep in mind, like, we've only chipped away at our list for a small portion of the year. There's lots more to come. Even though the situation is unusual right now, we're still getting a lot of content and we're getting a lot of really good content. So it's really cool to be able to sit here and to talk about it and celebrate it with all of you. So thank you if you've been keeping up with the witching hour. I hope you have been enjoying it. Haley, where can everyone find your work? You can find me on Twitter at Haley Fouch. You can find me on Instagram at Haystack McGroovy. And um, next week... I'm going to be on an episode of Horror Queers in which we discuss mm-hmm. my favorite Scooby-Doo. So definitely check that out. It was a whole hoot and a half to record. Ooh. Um, I don't know if you know Trace, but he is. I know Trace. Such I'm a delightful excited. character. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. I and can't he's, wait. Uh, he's just as big of a Scooby-Doo nerd. Actually, probably more than me. So that was really fun. I'm supposed to be covering Scoob next week. So get ready for me to ask you for some questions. Yeah. Uh, You can find me on 
Twitter and Instagram at PNMROF. And if you're into Into the Dark, you could watch me moderate a post-screening conversation with the director of the new installment of Into the Dark and two of the stars from the movie. Uh, I'm very excited about that. And I'm going to be broadcasting it live from my YouTube channel and my Twitter. So, like, check it out. Give it some likes and thumbs up. It's I'm, I don't know. It's like a first for me. So I'm, I'm nervous and I'm excited. You're going to do great because it's the only thing you know how to do. Like literally the only thing I know how to do. Yeah. <laughs> do things excellently. Oh, I thought it was like, I only know how to do like those interviews and I don't yeah. know how to cook. <laughs> Barry, I was complimenting you. With you. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. We're out of here before it spirals any further out of control. You have officially survived the witching hour. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.